Good morning. You're in the loop. Every week we talk with the people who make San Antonio a better place to live. Thanks for joining us in the loop. Here's your host, Milton Glick. And welcome to In the Loop. I'm Milton Glick, and that's what we do. We get you caught up with the people and the organizations that are making San Antonio a better place to live. One of my favorite interviews uh, is uh, when we talk to the folks over at Clarity. Uh, Jessica Knudsen is our guest today. She's the CEO and president of Clarity Child Guidance Center. We're going to be talking to her about a lot of things, a lot of things that are going on. We'll talk to her about uh, the shooting in Uvalde and uh, how to help parents and children, uh, how to help them cope with it. We'll talk about kind of what you're feeling. We'll tell you more about Clarity. we got a lot to talk about, Jessica. And, and to help me, Jessica, did I pronounce your name right? Knutson? You did. That was perfect. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Um, you know, before we started, I mentioned that this was uh, great timing, but it's unfortunate timing that we have to. Uh, it's it's nice that I can talk to Clarity because Clarity is the perfect group to talk about uh, what's happened in Uvalde uh, to, to talk to this group about. But uh, let's go back before I get into all that. Tell me what Clarity is for those that don't know, and then it'll make more sense to people. Sure, and thank you, Melton. I appreciate that that opportunity. So, Clarity Child Guidance Center is the the only nonprofit in South Texas that's solely dedicated to the treatment of behavioral health in kids ages three to seventeen, and we do that for uh, in a lot of different ways. We we operate a sixty six bed inpatient uh, hospital, and so that's really kids that are truly in danger of harming themselves or, or harming someone else and need really around-the-clock supervision. So uh, kids, kids stay there about a week, and, and we help the, the crisis get stabilized. We operate a day hospital program, so kids come during the day, 8 to 3.30, and participate in some group and then go home at night. And then we've got a, a full spectrum of outpatient services. So uh, we have uh, partnerships with UT Health San Antonio and with Southwest Psychiatric Physicians to provide medication management. And then we have a team of therapists and psychologists that can do individual, group, family uh, therapy, and also psychological testing. So we're really in a position that we can treat uh, everything from a very minor uh, case of of ADD that that maybe needs some medication intervention to, you know, more more serious mental health uh, issues that a child might be facing. And it's amazing. You and I have been talking for uh, a number of years now. But how much you've grown, um, it's, it's amazing the demand out there, isn't it? It, the, the pandemic has not been kind to kids. Uh, you yeah. know, we're really seeing, uh, we've seen about a 27% demand on uh, inpatient utilization uh, just since the pandemic has started and about a 19% increase in kids that are experiencing uh, thoughts of harming themselves, suicidal thoughts. Hmm. So it, it's it's definitely, we we couldn't agree more with the statement that the Surgeon General made in December, really declaring a children's mental health crisis in the country. Uh, we are definitely seeing that in, in the work that we do every day. Yeah, and the the interesting thing was, and I always give you as an example when I talk to other nonprofits, is when the pandemic hit, you went to uh, a video format and telemedicine format, and actually there were benefits that you didn't anticipate uh, that, that came from switching to that format, and now I'm guessing it's become a part of, of who you are? Absolutely. I think that telehealth will be something we will always do. It, it doesn't work for everybody, but for a small segment of the population, it's actually even better. 
maybe some kids that have difficulty um, disclosing information. The, the safety of the screen has allowed them to maybe disclose some things and have some deeper conversations. Uh, and also just access to care. It's, it can be really cumbersome for some of our families to make it to our campus. So that ability to do it via telehealth, if it helps us get in front of kids that we wouldn't normally see, then it's something we're absolutely going to continue to do. Yeah, um, and, and I know from talking to people in the community, you guys literally have saved lives, literally have saved lives. It doesn't always, it's not always that severe, uh, but, you know, it can be, and y'all have made a big difference. Clarity has. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's the, the team showing up every day. <laughs> um, we're all here for the, you know, our, our vision is to ensure that every child and family that needs our services receives our services. And so that's that's what the, the team is here to do every day. We'll keep talking about how our folks can uh, either connect with you or um, can, can help you on your mission uh, here in San Antonio. But I, I did mention and uh, we were going to talk about the Uvalde shooting uh, at uh, Robb Elementary. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, so I want to uh, tell folks that uh, some of the information that we're giving out is all we know at this point. Uh, so, uh, But, uh, Jessica, I honestly don't know where to begin. Um, I, I don't have children, so I don't know what parents are going through. I know just for me, uh, it's... You know, it's a, it's it's both f- I, fear and then anger and then heartbreak and all these different emotions that I, you know, when I'm hearing about this um, kind of you, you, you kind of guide me a little bit. What's what's going on in, in in families lives right now because of this? It's hard to get away from it. And you, you really hit the nail on the head with, with all of the different emotions you identified. It, it, we've had a lot of conversations here on campus today uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, we are trying to coordinate an effort with other nonprofits and the state response to make our staff available to the families in, in Uvalde if, if they need uh, counseling services or psychiatry services. So when families are ready, and, and that's, that's the tough thing because we're, we're 24 hours out now, um, this is the shock period. The, the things have not sunk in. They are still in crisis. They're still doing crime scene investigation. It might be weeks, months, a year before people are really at a point to deal with the trauma that, that this has created. Um, and and that, that process is different for everybody. But the, the trauma of losing a child and I'm, I'm a mother of two. I can't even wrap my. I, I can't even go there. The, every time I, I've kind of clicked on those news stories about the the stories of the kids, I have to. I have to stop. It, yeah. It's just. It's too much, um, to to deal with. So I can't. I can't imagine me being this far removed. What it's like for the folks in the community that knew those children and, and had relationships with them. So that that's really been our our priority today. Is do we have resources that we can make available when when folks are ready for them? Um, the the folks that are down there, and there are some some nonprofits that are uh, embedded in Uvalde and and had teams on the ground already, uh, so they're they're really addressing the the immediate crisis uh, of of dealing with the uh, the fallout of this. But th- this is going to be years of of treatment for these families. And then, you know, what we've dealt with here today, especially with our outpatients and our uh, kids in the day treatment program, 
is how do you talk to them about this? Mm-hmm. And, and how do you talk to your own kids about that? So we have made resources available for our team and in the larger nonprofit community that have been put together by the National Child Traumatic Stress Network. Uh, they are the experts in this in terms of the, the, the trauma that these events uh, bring to kids. And they have a, a wonderful website uh, that has a ton of connection. Uh, there, there's articles on how to talk to children about the shooting. And their website is nctsn.org, which stands for the National Child Traumatic Stress Network, but it it really gives you some guidance to how to start the conversation with your kids. Um, but one of the things that they that they really stress is really monitoring the amount of media that your kids are, are watching. Uh, as I mentioned, it was hard for me to read some of these articles. So you really want to make sure that that very young children and even even teenagers are getting an appropriate. Uh, exposure uh, to the news. Uh, unfortunately, these become 24-hour news stories, and, and we get inundated with everything. But we, we really need to limit the media exposure for our young people and have conversations with them instead. That makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, Uvalde is not that far. I've seen people who are posting on Facebook that have family there. So although it wasn't in San Antonio, um, I'm, I'm guessing that there may be people's lives that are personally touched by this. Um, and, you know, I, 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 like you, was going through, before we started going through uh, stories to get my numbers right of, of the number of children uh, that had been killed and, and that there's, a, at this point, there's one teacher who was killed and there's another one uh, who's in critical condition, I believe. The, um, but I was just, again, seeing pictures of these kids. They, they, and... Yeah, I, I can understand the limiting of media. I, th- I think that's not a bad idea for adults either. Um, but it's just uh, the so is it? I hate to use the word normal. Is it to be expected that uh, it's going to be difficult? I think for children of any age not to be uh, touched by this in the sense of seeing reports. Is it to be expected that that they will then? Um, internalize this maybe and say, okay, well, is this going to happen at my school? I, I don't know what to do now. Um, and, will they, and will they come to their parents with that, or should the parents address it and be proactive? So the recommendation really is for the adult to start the conversation with the child. Okay. It, it's it, silence, silence breeds anxiety, and silence also breeds misinformation. So you, you just have to start that conversation with your kids, and you want to assess what they already know. It, you don't want to overshare, and some of this is a real balance based on how old they are uh, and the individual child. I, I have twins, so they're the same age, but I know I can uh, – th- there's a difference in terms of how much information I can share with my daughter than my son just based on their temperament and how much information they want. So I think you just have to listen really carefully and figure out what the child – knows and believes, and and listen, especially for any misinformation and misconceptions. Um, the tough thing about the what you just said is we can't guarantee it's not going to happen at their school. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think we have to speak really realistically with our kids about that. Uh, and this is heartbreaking, but unfortunately, make sure that they're prepared 
which is just a terrible terrible situation to be in as a parent that you, you have to have those discussions with your child and, and make sure that they know what to do if, if something happened. And it's an unfortunate position that schools are in. Uh, one of the reports I saw today is that this school did routine active shooter drills. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's something, unfortunately, we do here on campus because it's, it's really become a reality. The stat I saw right before this call is that there have been 27 mass shootings in the U.S. so far this year, uh, and there have only been 26 weeks in this year. Um, so we're, we're averaging at least one a week. So I, I don't think we can be unrealistic with our kids and give them a false sense of security. I just think we have to be honest about how they can best be prepared, unfortunately. Uh, talking to Jen, uh, Jessica Knudsen. She is the CEO and president of uh, Clarity Child Guidance Center in San Antonio. We're talking to her about a number of different things. Uh, right now, we're talking about the shooting in Uvalde and, and uh, Rob Elementary and how parents and, and children can can kind of cope with it, what resources. The website that she mentioned was nctsn.org, uh, nctsn.org. Org. And um, if uh, you didn't get that, you can call me here at the station. Uh, I'm Milton Glick, and I'll be happy to get you uh, that website, and you can see some of the links and some of the resources. Will Clarity have some resources on their sites uh, about this? Are you able to do that? It, absolutely. Okay, and, good. Uh, there are just some good resources on there. We have a whole section on um, uh, just behavioral health with kids in general with links to blogs and, and videos. And there's a section for uh, for adults and there's another one for kids. So uh, anyone uh, from kid to parent can, can find something on there. But there will be some specific resources. More than likely, we'll probably link to the National Child Traumatic Stress Network because they, they really are the experts in, in this area. And boy, the number of uh, different articles and different uh, places to link is incredible uh, in terms of, uh, of of the topic. So it's really a great resource. So good. Okay, and if we can here, we'll try to link at the station as well. Um, you know, you mentioned the kids and you mentioned the adults, uh, and I can hear in your voice um, both uh, kind of, of, of fear and sadness and, and frustration. So talk, I guess, because you are in a unique position, um, do parents have to be that pillar of strength uh, for the kids now? Are they allowed to show fear? What, what's going through their minds that you know of from experience, and, and how should they deal with it? Boy, that is a great question. It, I think it is always important for our kids to see healthy expression of emotion, Okay. We we never want to experience a, a tragedy, and uh, the, the, a child never sees us cry, or they never see us worry. So I think expressing sadness and, and empathy for the victims and their family is really important for us to to role model uh, for our kids. And I think you can share some worry, but it's also important to to share ideas for coping with that. You know, this this worries me, but when I feel like this. I I try to think how I can help. You know, uh, can we go to a blood drive? Can we donate to, to one of the funds? What can we do with that worry and the anxiety? So I think your children seeing you 
express the emotions that are tied to it, but then dealing with them appropriately. You, you don't want to see they, – they don't want you to see unravel, but right. uh, but I think having some of that, those tears and uh, expression of sadness is, is just a healthy role model for, for children. That's a great answer. Um, I wanted to give your website out again. Make sure I've got it right for me, Jessica. Uh, Clarity. CGC.org is your website, and they'll find out uh, all about some of the stuff that, that you do uh, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, do I have the website correct? That is correct. Okay. So uh, I, I do want to talk about some other, other things that are going on that you're seeing in, in your unique uh, position. Is there anything else you want to talk about with, with this topic of Uvalde shooting and, and Rob Elementary? Anything that you can think of that we haven't covered? or And we can jump back in and get to it in a little bit if you want. You know, I think specific to this, it's it's still so fresh. I yeah. think we need to be be patient and, and give time for some of these uh, these emotions to play out. I, I think we do have a, a long haul uh, ahead of us in terms of uh, providing services for the, the, the kids and the uh, adults of the community. I think in, it's such a tight-knit community such as Uvalde, Everybody knew those kids, and and so you've got a real uh, an entire community going through that trauma, and that's going to take a lot of help and a lot of support over, uh, as I mentioned, the next coming months, uh, potentially years. I was speaking to a colleague earlier that um, provided services after the Southern Springs shooting, and and they really disclosed that some of the families couldn't even really talk about it for the first year. Wow, you know, it was in such a um, they were in such distress. It, they they had to deal with those emotions before they could even really deal with the trauma uh, related to it. Um, you know, again, the loss of a child is, yeah. is in such a, a violent and needless way is is just devastating for families and for the community at large. And one more thing, uh, if you've got any ideas, or if, if I know we've got some things on on our website at uh, either one of the answer. Uh, 930amtheanswer.com or uh, am630theword.com. We've got resources like like you mentioned, like blood donating, blood and things that are positive that families can do because they want to do something uh, that's positive or need to do something that's positive in this. Um, what are some other things that, that, that people can do that, that are action-oriented? So there are quite a few, and, and a lot of this is information that's actually still popping up on my computer as we're, okay. we're speaking. But there have been um, several funds that have been established. There have been some funds established for funeral expenses. Uh, I believe Children's Bereavement is setting up some uh, funds that would be available for families. Um, and once those kind of solidify, I'm happy to, to get that information to you for oh, your please do. Listeners. Thank you. Uh, of some some ways that they can donate, but I, I think there are going to be many opportunities to provide financial support because these families are going to need um, yeah. uh, food, uh, food support, clothing support. I mean, all of those those issues too, um, because of the financial burden of of a tragedy like this as well. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit now. We'll switch gears a little bit. Uh, know that, that that you'll be a resource and we'll be a resource too, but it's claritycgc.org is the website if people want to go to it. Claritycgc.org. Um, let's talk a little bit. Uh, if uh, ClarityCon, which is a wonderful uh, convention, is happening, it's about uh, maybe a month and a half away. Talk a little bit about that uh, and who's, who's who can be a part of that. 
So ClarityCon is our annual summit on uh, children's mental health. It's a two-day conference held at the Hyatt Hill Country, and we have uh, over 50 breakout sessions, and we've been doing it since uh, 2013, and it's really designed to equip educators, therapists, physicians, social workers, child care workers, and community members, basically anybody that, that works with a child or interacts with a child, uh, facts, resources, and, and active steps they can take to improve the mental health of their, of their kids. Uh, so it's a great opportunity for, uh, for network and learning. And, and this year we've got a really special um, keynote presenter by uh, Chase Bryant. He's a country music hmm. uh, singer. He's a fierce mental health advocate and is actually a, a survivor of a suicide attempt. So he uh, actually, his entire last album was really dedicated to that uh, experience. And so he does a combination of some songs and telling his story. And so in addition to the keynote at the ClarityCon, he's, he's going to come out to campus and, and share this with our kids as well, which I think is going to be very powerful. Yeah, that's great that he's going to do that with the kids because uh, that'll, be that'll make a big difference, I think, in, in, in hearing it as a kind of one-on-one. And that's uh, uh, rather than just being someone that, that hasn't lived through Maybe what yep. they're thinking about. That's great. Is anyone invited um, or is it primarily and I, and I sorry, I don't remember. Uh, so if I'm listening to this, but I'm not in those categories that you mentioned, can I go? And just enjoy. Any, just anyone learn? that wants to learn about children's mental health, okay. can, it, there is a registration. So there, you do have to uh, register. You can just attend that luncheon, or you can attend some of the breakout sessions. But there is registration available, and um, that is on our website. What I, I'm so I'm so scared because we're running out of time, and I have so many questions, Jessica. Um, what are some things that that uh, uh, the parents will see this summer? What are some things that you'll see this summer um, that maybe you don't see during the, the regular school year? Are there things? Yeah, that's an interesting question because schools are actually our biggest referral source because oh, wow. school tends to be the the biggest source of stress for, for kids. And it, it has gotten very uh, convoluted with the virtual school and back to in-person. And so we, we saw actually a significant increase in referrals from school when they went back to, to in, uh, in-person learning. Um, so there's a segment of kids – that do a little better during the summer because they don't have the, the the stress of school, the stress of homework, the stress of their schedule, and and so we we tend not to see them again until the fall. Um, but they're kids of, of that's the opposite that that they need that structure. Uh-huh to uh to stabilize uh and so we see a little bit of everything um some some kids just do worse being at home with nothing to do um during the summer and with the the tragedy of yesterday uh, it's it is an unknown at this point how that's going to impact kids going into the summer and uh, and what they might be dealing with from a, a trauma perspective uh trying to process all of this um, we're, we're almost out of time. Got about two and a half minutes. And, and Jessica, I promise we're going to have you on again. Uh, and because there's so much great stuff, uh, that clarity, uh, does here in San Antonio to help families and to help, to, uh, children with mental health issues, things that are challenging them. Um, if folks that are listening want to become involved and this could be, uh, through volunteerism, it could be through donations. What's what, how can they help you? 
Well, as, as you mentioned, um, monetary donations are always accepted. We are a nonprofit, so that's, so that's a big part of our uh, operating budget. But it's uh, we, we've got a ton of different opportunities. Uh, we have a program called Food for the Soul, uh, where groups can come out and either prepare a meal or bring a meal and, and serve it to our kids. Uh, that is uh, always very well received by the kids because it's not cafeteria cooking. Uh, you know, it's typically pizza or raisin canes or something that they really enjoy. And the groups hosting that really get a lot out of that experience. But then we also have uh, some some smaller ways that groups can contribute. We operate a clothing closet on campus for kids that might come uh, without changes of clothes. So we're always looking for, for clothing donations. And we also operate a food pantry because we never want someone discharging from our campus uh, to not know where that next meal is coming from. So we that is uh, purely supported by donations. Um, and we'd like to be able to walk our families through there if they're uh, having a food insecurity issue as well. And so all these are the things are on ClarityCGC.org, right? Correct. Yeah. And you mentioned the capital campaign, right? Yeah. So unfortunately, um, because of everything that we've been discussing, we we are really at a point where we're looking to expand some of our services. So uh, we're, we're getting ready to, to launch a community ask for um, some funds to be able to do that. Uh, so that donations will become even more um, important as, as we launch into that. All right. And you can find out more about what you can do to be a part of their success at claritycgc.org. We've run out of time, but thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, I, I, I know that this uh, interview will touch our listeners' lives, and I sure appreciate it. Uh, Jess- oh, thank you, Melton. Jessica Knutson has been our guest today on In the Loop. She is the CEO and president of uh, of Clarity Child Guidance Center, and we will visit again. We'll we'll get some time between this, but if uh, you know, there are tons of resources that that website that can help you and your family. So, Jessica, thank you again for being a part of the show. Uh, we'll say goodbye for today. I'm Milton Glick. You join us next week as we keep you in the loop. Thanks for joining us in the loop. We look forward to bringing you next week's show with Milton Glick 